0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. I'm your host, Matt, and I interview folks who make a living using WordPress. Whether they're marketers, designers, developers, they run a business on WordPress, e-commerce, it doesn't matter, I'm gonna try to interview them, get their side of the story about how WordPress helps them make a living. I do this uh, to help others, and with that, I have John Morgan on the show today. John, good to see you. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, no problem. So I'm bringing John on the show today A lot of folks say, John Morgan, WordPress? I don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, But John Morgan, uh, marketing master, business builder, um, all around awesome guy and he's an author and he's gonna give us his experience about writing a book, um, what WordPress means to him and how he can help us run our businesses a little bit better than we do already. So John, uh, give folks the two minute drill, the elevator pitch of what you do now. Sure, I'm the author
1: of Brand Against the Machine, and I spend uh, the majority of my time either speaking at events or consulting and coaching businesses and entrepreneurs uh helping them with anything from you know marketing obviously branding but also you know systems and uh you know just basically any kind of problem really that they run into uh so that's yeah it's a kind of a boring life, but that's what i do uh seemingly all day every day
0: yep um yeah it's funny i was uh reading a study the other day about uh, how many social media gurus and social media ninjas are on, are on Twitter. It was, I don't know, like 63,000 people have like social media ninja or guru in their profile. <laughs> you know, how's the, give folks an idea who don't understand, how is a marketing field changing uh, from all that noise we had a couple of years ago about social media, social media, social media. Um, is it still, Driven by social media, or do you think making the real connection uh, and, and marketing yourself as a human being the way to go? No, I, I think
1: that's the thing. I mean, I uh, you know I talk in the book that really the future of business is marketing with people and not at them, and I think that's uh, an important distinction from how we've done it for you know decades. And I, I think you know you mentioned you know social media, you know gurus and experts and things. I think that's the one problem you know, with the industry is that. There's no barrier to entry. So anyone can kind of come in and say, oh, I know this stuff. I, I can teach it. And to some extent, maybe some of them can, but the majority can. And I think there's a big difference between having knowledge and having know-how. You know, knowledge is we've read a thousand books. We've been to every seminar, you know, all that kind of stuff. Know-how means you've actually done something in your own business or that your clients actually get results. So uh, I think that's the good thing is that it seems to me that the longer – We've gone now. Like social media now is not new. Uh, you know, we, we've all sort of settled in a little bit. A lot of the people who maybe have the knowledge but not the know-how are starting to kind of fall away, yeah. and are starting to hear less from them. And so they're always going to be there. Uh, but I think that's the good thing is that the cream really is starting to rise to the top. I think people 's radar for what 's b s is stronger than ever, mm-hmm. and so I think that's a good thing so I think that's you know people think social's always going to be like this quick fix for them right it, you know but to me, social's always just been you know how does it fit in with everything else that i'm already doing mm-hmm. like so social's not the business it's
0: just one part of the business mm-hmm. and also, I think a lot of people man they take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, you hit the nail on the head when you said low barrier to entry. I always talk about this with folks who are WordPress freelancers or developers, because the, the the barrier to entry for WordPress is like the same thing. It's one click install, grab a free theme, and all of a sudden now I'm a not only am I a marketing guru, I'm a web development guru, right? And now I'm, now these people are just fusing these things together. They're watching some get rich quick videos online, um, and then they're going around and saturating probably both of our markets at the same time. You've got people who have never built a business, never made a real connection, who are now marketing people, and now people who've never touched a line of code, calling themselves developers. Um, So that's one thing that that we face. Let's give folks a little bit of background about how you use WordPress uh, on a daily basis, and that's primarily through your blog, correct?
1: Yes, yes it is, Uh, which is johnmichaelmorgan.com. And what I love, I've always used a WordPress blog, really like just being completely honest because that's what everyone told me to when I first starting out, uh, you know, that was kind of you know it. And so I followed that direction. Um, I'm not tech savvy at all. So uh, a lot of, one of, the, one of the big reasons that I like WordPress is not just that I can go in there and tweak some things, you know, I, I know enough to be able to write the blog post and publish it and those things. Uh, I know how to upload the, you know the photos, but it's that because it is such a large platform, there's always someone there who can help you now maybe you know on the bigger issues you need someone to you know you need to pay someone you know to help you to really get what you want but if you've got you know those little issues you know why doesn't this quite look right or how do i get this on my site my goodness you know there's only a hundred thousand people out there that you know know something about it that can kind of help you so that that part is uh is very cool to me i like that and I've learned this recently, like probably the last two years, that really my site is whatever I decide I want to make it. It seems like every time I say, hey, can we do this? Then someone's saying, yeah, you can, and they know how to do it. And that's a really cool thing. I'm not sure that exists as easily on other platforms outside of WordPress. Yeah,
0: uh, and I totally agree. If you think back to when you started your blog and somebody said, go use WordPress, did you give any thought to what WordPress was, where it was going to take you? to uh or did you just go on there on their recommendation to say I'm not even look at anything else I'm just going straight to WordPress yeah you know I I did look
1: at uh you know what was like blogger uh, you, you know that, that was around and stuff like I mean I did kind of take a look and typepad and those things I was doing what probably a lot of people you know listening to this do I was looking at what everyone else was using you know, the blogs that I like, and it was like, okay, I, I want it to look just like this, or how do I, you know, do that? And so what I found, though, was like, let's say if I had my list of, you know, my 10 favorite sites, eight of them were WordPress. So I was like, okay, then, then I'll just go with that. But I was very naive, um, which is a polite way of saying I was stupid, to know actually what it could do, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was the guy who was just literally like, oh, okay, I want this theme, because I like exactly how that looks. I didn't even know you could change stuff it it wasn't until even a couple years later that i met more people just on the tech side of things would be like you know, well that doesn't have to look like this you could change it by just you know this one little piece of code or whatever my mind was blown you know (laughs) i just thought it was you know it had to be you know the theme you got that was it yeah Uh, so that's the cool part about it i don't know had i built my blog on other platforms that i would have been able to grow it to the extent because as you know you and i've had this conversation you know quite a bit I'm very focused on making sure my blog generates leads, you know, and that my website, you know, actually helps my business and and those things. And you're limited with the other platforms. And so I probably wouldn't actually still be blogging because it wouldn't have been giving me results. And that quite possibly could have tied back to using the right platform.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you're right again, WordPress is probably the most friendly, um, you know, in, in terms of usability and folks like, like me to go in and kind of customize it, uh, my own clients. Um, so thankfully you didn't end up on like Drupal or <laughs> blogger or something like that because you'd be, you know, pulling your hair out. Trying so to get the, the question was, uh, how did you connect with other WordPress techie type people uh, along the way? Did you, did you know to look at WordPress.org forums? Did you go to tech meetups? Um, did it just happen uh, out of the blue where people connected with you?
1: That's a great question. I, whatever form you even just said is the first time I've even heard of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So obviously the answer there is no. Um, yeah. You know, it was, um, it was having conversations with other entrepreneurs and marketers who happen to be using the platform as well. And some of them maybe just knew more about it or maybe they had their own, you know, tech guys and you know those things. So it, it became, you know, knowing people, not necessarily in a, let me go out and look for them since as much as it was just normal networking kind of led me, you know, to some of them. And, you know, that was great. I'm sure as you see probably more than anybody, there was a big difference there between somebody who says, oh, yeah, I know about WordPress and they really know as much as I do or someone who really knows about WordPress. So uh, I met a lot of the, you know, what I call, you know, experts because they actually have a WordPress blog and not because they actually know. You know how to do anything behind the scenes but i remember meeting a guy uh who like knew everything about wordpress like this guy you know codes in his sleep and all of that kind of stuff and i, I thought that was great you know that that's like you know his his skill and you know that's what his business was at the time and all those things but yet he continued to make it so complex you know so i remember one time even asking him for help and whatever he then been repeated to me was just like foreign, you know, I was like, Oh, okay, great. And he's, you know how to do that. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. And if, you know, then I went on Twitter and asked someone else. Yeah,
0: so. That's a great point. And that's kind of why I asked that question for, for the developers and designers are out there that are watching this, you know, how do they find clients like you? How do they find other clients? Um, seems to be a resounding answer is our referrals. Mm-hmm. Usually referrals are a big part of businesses, service businesses like ours. Sure. Um, which means if you're out there and you're getting action off a of referral based business, make sure your support is top notch. Make sure your client service is yeah. top notch.
1: That's right. You you bring up such a great point because I see it. Nashville is a very uh, big tech community. I I joke with a lot of them that I'm the only marketer in town because everyone else designs websites, right? Like that's you know that's it. Like I don't know. I guess I skipped that day of school. I'm not sure why we have, you know, so many people like that. It's wonderful. But the thing I've noticed, Matt, is that all they do is hang around with each other. And so they don't get any referrals or business because they're hanging around with their competitors. You know, and and so that's the thing that just always kind of strikes me as, you know, odd of just that mindset. I know it's like that comfort zone. We sort of get in our own little fishbowl and that's our world and we're cool with it. But, yeah, if, if I was a developer and I knew this stuff, I don't want to talk to the other people who know how to do it. I mean, maybe that's my buddies and, you know, those conversations are fun, but I want to talk to the people who can send me business and go to those kind of meetups and network with those people because those are the people who, they just need help, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't know it. And so me, say, as a business owner, here's the thing, is that, you know, you and I joked about my limited knowledge of WordPress, but from where I sit, I don't want to know it all because if I knew it all, I'm the one stuck doing it. I want to pay someone else to do it. You know what I mean? Like, so again, if I'm now, you know, if I'm in your industry, I'm not thinking of marketing or networking with the same people. I'm thinking, where do I go? What are the other groups where I'm the only guy or girl doing this? Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, no, that's an an awesome point and it's a point that I hope a lot of the folks watching this take away from this is, um, you know, a few of the people I've interviewed, they say that they're introverts. You know, um, they say that they don't like meeting people, although when I interview them, they are like A-type personalities, right? They're fine. <laughs> um, but when they go to WordCamps, which is like one of the most popular WordPress events, yeah, um, super affordable, brings a, a ton of people from the community in. You can learn a lot. But I remember going to my first few as a business businessy web guy looking around and saying, boy, these people are afraid to talk to each other. Like, why are all these developers just sitting around? You guys should be networking. You know, typical, typical like, chamber event where everybody's drinking as much wine and eating as much cheese as they possibly can. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you go to these events and these folks are just secluded in their laptops or iPads, not really talking to anybody else. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one that's important that they kind of break out of that mold uh, yeah. and, and start networking Uh, the right way uh, that's right
1: and i relate to those people because while i seem you know outgoing i'm not like i'm the guy who you know i don't want to be super social you know i had to learn it because of exactly what you're saying you kind of have to for business but i really appreciate that which is why i ever liked social media to begin with because i thought ooh, this way i can talk to people without having to actually talk to them you know or or meet them right (laughs) because by default i just hate people until they've like prove otherwise (laughs) you know i just that's my you know thing so uh, you know but but you're exactly right so what happens is not only do people you know not network with the right people or you know have those conversations but then that frustration builds in why am i not getting more business why are the opportunities not coming to me and the answer to that is because people don't know that you've got a solution for them if you go to an event and here's you know four or five business owners that, you know, all need a site redesign and you know it because you've seen their site and it sucks, but you don't talk to them and have that conversation where they can even begin to see, oh, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about or this lady, you know, has the answer that, you know, we're looking for, then they're not going to just come up to you, you know, and seek you out in that sense. So uh, that's where that is so important. important. And and like I said, it doesn't mean you have to be like the most outgoing person in the room. But it means you got to be in the right room. Uh, You mentioned, like, WordCamp and stuff. I I love love those events. I remember uh, probably, I guess it's been five years now, uh, I spoke at uh, my first PodCamp event here in Nashville. And, of course, you know, the way that works, you get, like, you know, your 15-minute, you know, little speeches, you know, no pitches or any of that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was the only person in attendance who did not have a podcast. Um, In fact, I wasn't even exactly sure... I knew what a podcast was, but as far as like what went into it, I didn't really you know, see like the full scope of it. And when I left, I got new business. And I had a friend of mine who was also at the event. He was like, how would you get business? And I did. And I said, because you talk to everybody about podcasting, when everyone there is a podcaster and everyone there knows what they're doing, I'm the only person there talking about anything different. And I didn't have to be good. <laughs> yep. But by, by default, I stood out.
0: Yep. Uh, no, that's, that's great. What, think about the developer designer and like you said maybe the person doesn't know that their solution exists Is it? could it also be that some of these developers and designers just get too focused on what they know and promote that as the solution um, and I say that like hey we all know WordPress and we say it's open source and it's this great platform but does a, a client like you do you really care about that or do you want to hear people tell you you can blog really quick, you can drive traffic, and you can capture leads. Is, is that what they should be changing their pitches to? No, you're, you're exactly
1: right. They need to change that today because I can tell you right now, if I went up to a lot of my friends who own businesses and I said something is open source, you, you know, they're just looking at me like a deer in a you know, That doesn't mean anything to them. right? You, you know, it's just, so you're exactly right. It's, what's it going to do for me? you know, I, oh, I can blog faster, I can do this easier, or my team can even use this more effectively, or, you know, oh, I can, you know, I, I actually update the site. I mean, how many people out there still have, like, their 1999 website that, you know, they can't even change, yeah. you know, anything on it? Yeah. You know, it's just this, like, static thing. So you're exactly right. It's it's having that conversation with people and realizing what they need and what they don't need. I think another problem, thats that they get so excited because they have all this knowledge and there's so many cool things they can do with a site, but that doesn't mean that that's what that client needs. You know, so it's really also comes back to just listening. Maybe they don't need all the bells and whistles. You know, maybe it is, you know, sort of a smaller project. That's okay. You know, nothing wrong. You can't go broke making a profit. You know, if, if you're going to make money, that's fine. You can get those referrals, repeat business, you know, you know, all of those kind of things. But but you're right. I think we sometimes are unaware of the language we use uh, Here's a very random example of this. I wrote a blog post, uh, which actually uh, is going to come out here soon. And the whole point of the blog post was that unless someone thinks that they can actually attain the result, they're not going to buy your product. So no one's going to buy a weight loss product until they believe they're going to actually use it, right? And as I was thinking about that, Matt, I realized I- I'm moving in the 1800s. Nobody uses the word attainable anymore, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so it sounds silly that this one word could have thrown off that blog post, but it absolutely would have, because it's not how people think. No one's like, I hope to attain success. That's you know, BS, right? So that's the thing. The tech people, they they know their language, right? There's all of these terms, and you know, it, 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 it's a great community, so that's wonderful. But your prospects, they're not talking like that. So you've got to mentally sort of make that shift. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, oh yeah. As you're having that conversation.
0: Yeah, and I split my time between product management, project management, bringing in sales. So I I talk to the the folks that are running their business and then I come back to the studio and then I meet with my team. So I always catch myself talking tech to a client and I'll say things like, here's how we're going to lay out this interface. And they're just like, uh what like even and i'm like interface interface the thing you interact with and they're like no and i'm like the dashboard the the the, the web page that you see when you log in oh okay and uh yeah i mean it, it's start speaking the language is super super important
1: yeah well, and, and something i want to say and you, you didn't pay me uh to, to say this and i would have taken money if you had is that i've worked with your team before and one of the things that i loved was how much you made it visual to me you, you know, here, here's what this could look like. A, you know, a picture, just, you know, a little mock-up or you're I, mean, I don't even know the terms, right? But it was, I could point to that. I could point to my wife and say, look, this is, you know, this is what my site will look like. That is exciting, right? And then I don't care what the tech stuff really that goes on to make it look like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so that's the thing is, you know, how do you explain it in simple terms? Your team does a great job because of all the screenshots and you know, how visual you make that. And I'm not sure if that's just something you guys do or if that is a specific strategy, but it, it certainly works. Um, and I just think that's a great example of exactly what we're talking about of, okay, wait a minute. How do we explain this in a language that our actual prospect is going to understand? Because you do this every day. The people listening to this, you do it every day. Your clients don't. You know, they're not coding every day. That's, that's not who you're after. So, like you said, you have to watch what kind of terms are you even using, you know, in talking to people.
0: Yeah, um, it goes, the, the, the technical term we use is wireframes and then mockups and then drawings. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> right. it's kind of like that, that three-step. And I say that, I said it all the time. I say, we're going to do wireframes for you. And I can only imagine like what people are thinking when I say wireframes. Are they like those coat hangers, like taking them apart and like framing the right. thing? I, oh, it, I mean, it sounds badass, but yeah. <laughs> I,
1: until you just explained it, I have no idea yeah. what you mean. I, I spoke at an event one, Matt, and I'm talking about email marketing. And I say at this you know conference without really thinking, I'm like, well, and then when people opt in, they'll get your autoresponder and like 50 hands go up. And I'm confused. Like, did, some, you know, did someone die? Like, what just happened? <laughs> And so I stopped and asked them. I'm like, yes. And they're like, what's an opt-in? And so I'm explaining that. And then the next person's like, an autoresponder is. And I felt I couldn't explain autoresponder. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, it's like email sent from the future. I don't know what to, you know, <laughs> how, how do you describe that, right? Yeah. But that was my fault, not theirs. You know what I mean? I didn't know my audience. And now I'm up here using terms that in my world are common. You know what I mean? You and I could chat all day long. And if I say opt-in, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but the audience then didn't. So it's just, again, it's like this mental thing of just being aware of it mm-hmm.
0: and making sure you're consciously paying attention to, what am I even saying to people? Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree 100%. That is a great lesson for people to take away. Um, another thing I, we, we talk about is, is elevating that client up, that client that comes to you and says, I only have a $500 budget, can you build me Facebook? Um, or I only have a $500 budget. Can you consult with my, my business for marketing for the entire year? Um, you know, h- How do you deal with these folks that are coming in at a very low budget? Are you just raising rates, telling them to go find someone else? Are you fitting them in in some kind of unique way? What's your advice to, to elevate uh, to find a better client?
1: That's it's a great thing. I like to work backwards with that. I like to build a brand that's more in demand. And more premium, anyways, right? Like no one's going to go to a Ferrari dealership and test drive a Ferrari if they don't have the money to do it. You know, they just don't waste the time. So that's the thing. I believe that our prices really dictate the quality of clients that we get, and and so that's you also really important because especially what you do. I mean, it really is art. You know, that that really is at the end of the day. That's what you're creating. You know, that design. You know, it simply comes from your brain, you know, and, and, and how you, you know, put that out there. And, yes, there's you know functionality and business and, and those components with it, but it, it's still art at the end of the day. And so I think that what we have to remember is that, you know, where do we want our work displayed, right? And what kind of people do we want our work displayed? I, I won't take on a lot of clients, for example, who are, like, really struggling entrepreneurs, because then if they go out and tell all their friends that they're working with me, Ooh, so how does that make me look? You know, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people are going to be, oh geez, you know, that sucks. Um, so, you know, I, I look for those things. So I think that's the first thing is that if you want better clients, build a better brand, you know, become that in demand, you know, thing and, and decide what you want your position to be. Um, you know, Walmart, they built their whole brand position on being the cheapest. And if we go to peopleofwalmart.com, we see what kind of people that attracts, you know, right? so you get, you know, that certain thing. I think something that you will agree with, and I'm sure everyone listening to this will agree with, in any industry, it always seems the case that the people who pay you $5,000 never have a headache. The ones who pay you 500 want the world And, you know, are the biggest headaches, right? So I'm not saying that we don't create an option for those people. I like helping as many people as you possibly can. Again, if you're making a profit on it, why wouldn't you, right? You know, it just makes sense. But sometimes I think the power of growing a business is knowing when to turn business down. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, there's another, you just... You said the same thing uh, that I had an interview yesterday, Pippin Williamson. He's a WordPress plugin developer, runs his entire business just uh, creating plugins and selling plugins for WordPress. And he said the same thing. The $500 client gives you more trouble than the $5,000 client. Uh, And the free client is even worse because the free client wants even more. uh, Right, right. And and, and let's put ourselves in their shoes.
1: There's a perception of value there. We all believe that we get what we pay for. Um, this is why like in my area I don't go and eat lunch with someone when someone says hey can I you know buy your lunch and pick your brain you, you know first of all I hate that phrase because it sounds gross and second of all uh, you know I'm thinking no because I'm hurting them if I do that if I go and give someone an hour's worth of marketing advice because they bought me a $7 hamburger are they going to implement any of that nope never right if they had to pay me you know X amount of let's say thousands of dollars for me to consult with them. Are they going to implement it? Absolutely. They've got skin in the game. This is why, actually, and I'm a blogger. I know every other blogger out there would hate me for saying this, but a blog isn't ever going to help anybody because nobody's ever going to take action on that they read. They're going to read Seth Godin's blog and be, Seth is so smart. I love that, and then they're going to hate him because he can write such short posts and people still you know retweet the heck out of it. Uh, but you know, are they changing anything? Nope. They're not changing at all because it's free. Mm-hmm. So what? What do they have at stake? You know what I'm saying? And yep. so that's the thing we have to stop and think about. Is like, wait a minute. You know, how can we best help people? You can't best help people if you're doing it for pennies. You know, because they're just again, they're not seeing that
0: value. Yep. Nope. Yep. Totally. Totally. Totally get you on that one. Uh, which transitions me to a new kind of thing that that I uh, am getting into at the studio, and you are obviously a um, a pro at this is you have a book you authored a book, printed, published. This could be your way of saying if you want to talk to me for quote unquote free, just go buy my book, <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's my ant- and probably eighty percent of what you're going to ask me is in my book. It's the fastest, most efficient way uh, to get my years of knowledge uh, out of me in the book. Um, I'm doing the same thing with some of our like SEO consulting and WordPress consulting. We do web shows on WordPress and SEO stuff. Clients call us to say, hey, uh, can I uh, talk to you for an hour about strategy of how I might do things? And I say, well, we've got a whole series of videos that for free that you can just go watch that's gonna answer most of your questions. Um, You know, if you want us to to consult for free, you'd have to pay us. Um, So talk about that, how the book has helped you do that and and kind of that journey of of publishing a book and becoming an author, Um, as useful as it sounds.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, a book is whatever you make out of it. You know, I look at it as it's a huge point of leverage in your business. If you write a book and then you wait for magical things to happen, you're going to be very disappointed. Um, I wrote that book at a time when I did not plan to. Uh, it was more down the road as far as being like on my goals in you know, writing a book. Um, so, it, funnily enough, the book was actually a huge distraction from the rest of my business. And so for a little while, I actually had this resentment towards the book in general, you know, because I was like, wait a minute, because it's funny, because, you know, Matt, like you you and I have known each other a while, and a lot of people would come up to me and be, you know, oh, now that you're an author, I bet you speak and do consulting all the time. And I'm like, I've been doing this for 12 years, like, without the book, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, so, so the book for me was exactly what you're saying. It was just an entry point, you know, in an easy way. For someone like you're saying, who maybe they can't afford my fees, that's fine. But here, it you can still get some help. You, you know, here you go. The sad part is, and you just nailed it. You said that you guys have done these videos. You, you know, all this time that you've actually like collected this knowledge and you know tested results and things like that. You put it in a book, and kind of that same thing about the free lunch applies, right? You could actually have a hundred thousand dollars worth of valuable information in that book, but because they paid like twenty bucks for it. You know, they're gonna think it was cool, but are they gonna really start implementing all of it? You know, that's the frustrating part, right? It, it, you know those things. I've got clients, Matt, who will say, you know, should I do you know A or should I do B? And I'm thinking, you read the book, right? Because I answered this specifically, and they'll be yeah, I read it twice. And I'm like, No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they did, right? But but that's the thing, is like, where's that perceived, you know, value for from what they've invested in it? What I love here is let's not look at the book. I don't want people to get specifically thinking. They've got to do that. What you're doing, and this is where you're going to absolutely dominate the competition, is you're being more helpful because you're educating people up front. The whole motto of my business, Matt, is to out-educate the competition. That's it. When I have my big team meeting for what are our goals for this year and all those things, every component comes down to how do we help people more up front? So that the business only comes to us, and they stay clients for a long time, and you know referrals and all those kind of things, you know that work again you you, know, you want with a consistent business, but it all comes back to okay. Well, if I'm a developer, I can point people to a lot of different resources. It's far more powerful when I'm the resource, and and that's the thing. I I, I talk about this in the book, which is a very shameless plug, but. Uh, You know, one of the best sayings, in my opinion, that I have in the book like, if there's one takeaway, it's that you want to position yourself as a resource and not just a service provider. See, if people look at you and they just think you're a guy that builds and sells websites, then you're kind of a commodity. Mm -hmm. But if they look at it and they're like, oh, you're a guy that I can get help from, you're a guy who can answer questions and all this. Now, all of a sudden, think of that relationship, how much different it is. Uh, you know, the cliche of we do business with people we know, like, and trust. Trust is the element people forget. <laughs> how do we actually get people to trust us? It doesn't happen just because they know and like you. There's You still have to do a little work. And I personally feel like that work is, I'm going to educate people. Which, again, comes back to blogging and WordPress. And, you know, what a great way, you know, to put out information that, again, helps people. And it positions you as an expert. So, tying this all back to the book, that's what I mean. The book is really no different than a blog or social media or even just having a one on one conversation with someone. It's all just information, but it is an attempt to kind of help people earlier on so that when they're ready to really make a purchase, again, hopefully I'm the only option they've thought of.
0: Yeah. Um, Interviewed CC Chapman. He said the same thing. Uh, The book is his business card in a sense where it's getting him through the doors. Um, and, and getting that, uh, you know, that social proof uh, in it, whatever particular topic he might uh, be consulting or speaking about. Um, providing value. I mean, you hit, again, hit the nail on the head. My background is growing up in the uh, auto industry selling cars. My family owned and operated uh, car dealerships in the area for about 50 years. So my approach is very blue collar, where I'm going to clean the car very nice. I'm going to shine <laughs> the wheels as much as possible. I'm going to take care of you and connect with you, um, hopefully on a better level. Um, another example, I just had a client who wanted to add a particular widget on, uh, on their homepage that sent traffic, and they were a news site, sent traffic to another news source. So why would you want to do that? You were just kind of losing traffic, you know? And sure, I could have taken the widget, plopped in the code, put it on the site, but I just told him, I said, why would you want to kind of send traffic because you're selling ads on the site and now you're going to send traffic to a bigger news source? Probably don't want to do that. Uh, and he's like, you know what? I didn't even think of that. And we got a conversation going, so we're going to do some other custom stuff. But just looking to connect on a human basis, connecting with other people um, and trying to just dive deeper to, to provide value. Yeah,
1: you, you just said something really brilliant I want to point out because it goes back to what we are talking earlier about networking and you know, figuring out what your solution is to someone's problem, you having that conversation with them, that's what people are looking for. Uh, The biggest aha moment I ever had in my life, I was actually 22 years old, and someone uh, in marketing taught me that people are silently begging to be led. And I've never forgot that. And that's what you did, right? This guy thought, hey, I wanted this. And then you simply said, okay, but why? You you know, "Well, we'll add that, no problem. But, you know, are you aware that it does this and that? Now all of a sudden, there's the trust, because you're not just like telling me what to do. We'll bill you, you and all that. You're showing them that you care. You're showing them that hey, you know what? We want you to not just have a good finished product. We want you to be you know beyond thrilled and actually get results and, and those kind of things. So, like you just said, it very you know casually, you know you know. Whereas again, like you said, part of your upbringing and those things, but that's a huge strategy. And that's the difference between a business that ends up making a million dollars a year and those that never even hit hundred thousand. It's those little details. Uh, so I just want to point that out, even though I do hate giving you the credit for it. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Um, look, business-wise, uh, if you could go back in time one year, five year, ten years, is there something you think you would do different uh, to position yourself uh, a little bit differently in business? Oh, uh,
1: absolutely. It's very simple, but I would do more. Um, I stayed the guy behind the scenes with a lot of, you know, worldwide famous brands for many, many years and thought that was very, very cool. And then I realized how many opportunities and things I was missing out by no one knowing <laughs> that I existed. Um, also coming out of my shell with the networking, you know, like we talked about earlier, um, that's still something that that's a weakness for me. Um, there's a local event in Nashville every single week. I still probably go to one a year um you you know so you know what i mean like those kind of things i get caught up in the you know i got my friends and i end up talking to the same people over and over and that's great but sometimes you gotta go out meet new people you you know, and expand and and those things so like i said it really comes down to just doing more i would have blogged more i would have you know been more active uh, on social media earlier on um probably been more helpful on social media and a little less nonsense um you you know and those things so i just would have yeah, just published more, you know, produced more uh, is really the biggest thing uh, looking back. Not that I regret it, but I certainly, if I had done more, even just a year ago, five years ago, like you were saying, my goals for this year would be vastly different because I would have already hit some of the places that I'm now trying to go.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very good. Um, in terms of WordPress, uh, to kind of cap off the WordPress talk, what do you think they need to do to change? Uh, is there any particular thing with WordPress you struggle with that you just want to say to the WordPress community, make this better? Um, is there anything like that that you can think of?
1: Yeah, I think that it's, uh, it goes back to what you and I just talked about. WordPress can do anything, and you guys can make it do whatever someone would want it to do. The question is, why do they want it to do that? You know, What's the real desired outcome here? And, you know, maybe it doesn't need all the bells and whistles. Maybe it does. Uh, You know, having those conversations, I wish more designers, developers, you know, everyone in that tech space knew a little more about the marketing side. Because then they're really understanding what it's like in their clients' shoes. You you know, that, okay, they want this blog, but also chances are they probably need help getting traffic to it. Not that that means now you have to offer that. imagine if you just knew how to carry on the conversation with them about it you know at least that rapport and that relationship you know strengthens i think that's the biggest thing that's missing is that there's still that wall between i'm the prospect i know my business and i know nothing about the tech stuff and then the other you know guy who knows everything about wordpress and there's that wall in between because of what we talked about the language and you know those things it's you know the more the developers can get into their prospects world the better what's happened over the last several years as i'm sure you've seen it's all the prospects trying to learn wordpress and that has not worked <laughs> right? you know where we are far too stupid you know to, to figure that out which is why we need you guys right that's where your you know job opportunities are but that's the thing is that instead of just waiting go out there you know have those conversations with people maybe it is helping somebody you know for nothing, just by answering some questions or, or whatever. But the, the truth of the matter is, the more you start to understand their business, the more they understand how you can help them. And once they see that, you don't have to do a sales pitch. Yeah, you, you know, you're, you're you're in.
0: Yeah, and it's great. I, I think that um, theme designers, especially especially blog theme designers, and even small business theme designers, need to pay attention to those opt-ins, call to actions, landing pages all those things that we're using on the other end to kind of prove the return on investment for this type of thing. Um, And they should definitely match up and pair up with a business-oriented person or a marketing person to help them uh, create the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, we're going to a little segment called What's in Your Toolbox? Uh, So it's a piece of software (laughs) uh, or hardware, a piece of software besides WordPress or a piece of hardware that you use on a daily basis to run your business. So it's like an Evernote, an iPad. What is with you all day long that you can't run your business without? Fantastic. I love this kind of stuff. I don't get asked
1: these questions a lot. Um, <laughs> I do use Evernote uh, quite a bit, and, and my team does. Uh, so I love that. We also use uh, what is it now? Like it used to be Google Docs, but like Google Drive or whatever. Um, still, you know, like that. Um, I use Dropbox. Of course, uh, saves my life. You know, way too many times uh, to count. Um, I am also very old-fashioned. So what I mean by that is I am still, uh, as I will show you here, I am pen and paper, notepads everywhere, you know, kind of guy. I actually wrote the book out by hand before I ever even typed it. That's how old and lame that I am. Um, So I still like those things. All of my work starts with pen and paper. Like, that's it. I mean, I have a whiteboard and those things. So, you know, but it starts, like, offline, you know, before anything ever gets, like, typed out. Um, what are some other tools? Um, I use ScreenFlow a lot in uh, videos and things like that that, that I make, um, especially for like you know some of the programs and courses and stuff that I sell. So that becomes really good. Uh, I use Skype every single day uh, because I actually don't go meet with clients face to face. So everything that I do is you know sitting at home, uh, you know on Skype. And um, that's why I got clients all over the world. So that that's awesome. So without Skype, I really couldn't run my business. Um, Don't even have an iPad. Uh, I pretty much can run my entire business from my iPhone. So so that's pretty cool. Um, I try to stay streamlined with some of the tools. Like, so if I'm not using one that regularly, we just drop it. Like, it's got to be something that, like, again, like, I really see a difference of, okay, we've got to have this. That's what Basecamp was for me for a long time. You know, everybody uses Basecamp. Everybody loves Basecamp. And and we did, too. But then I found myself, like, in my team just using it less and less and less. And finally, I thought, okay, well, then do we even need, it? you know, and, and so we still have it, but we probably don't need it.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting, it's interesting that you said that because uh, we use it all the time too in the beginning. And it was always one of those things where we introduced it to clients and then we had to train them on how to use that. It's the same, difference. then we had to train them on how to use WordPress and we were like, this is just not going to work out. So now we just use it more internally uh, unless we know somebody can really, really use it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So so I think that's the thing, though,
1: is, you know, we go out and we get the tools because they're new and they're shiny and, you know, they look cool and all those things. But you got to really think, okay, how does this actually fit in my business? Am I going to use it? Am I going to use it regularly? Is it something that can be part of the process, part of the system? And if it's not, then it really, to me, just kind of becomes a distraction.
0: Yep. I agree. Okay, let's hop into the lightning round. We'll ask you a series of quick questions and you'll have a series of quick answers. Awesome. For your WordPress site, the one plugin that you cannot live without. Jeez.
1: See, this is where I'm stupid because I don't even know all my plugins. Um, Okay, uh, you did this, um, so you may know the name of it far more than, I should have asked you this question. Um, (laughs) Which plugin can I not live without? Adding the opt-in box to the bottom of every blog post, uh, the little plugin that magically does that has increased my subscribers so much. We average, Matt, I haven't even told you, this. we average 43 a day, wow. and that's when we don't even have a new post coming out. Wow. Right? Yeah. So I'm like the most infrequent blogger on the planet, yet we still, you know, get that kind of conversion. So I-, I couldn't live without it because my email list grows organically, no paid traffic and all that stuff. I don't know crap about SEO. Just putting out good content, so that's way too long of an
0: answer. (laughs) Uh, A favorite WordPress or business book besides your own? Ooh, great question. Um, Two, which I
1: keep on my desk. Napoleon Hill's uh, How to Sell Your Way Through Life, phenomenal. And then uh, Ogmandino's The Greatest Salesman in the World. Uh, This book has absolutely transformed uh, my business, Uh, especially in terms of uh, profit. Couldn't live without them. That's why they're right here.
0: (laughs) Awesome. We're going to check those out. Uh, a quote you live or run your business by?
1: Mm, the James Dean quote of, uh, you know, live like, what is it? I can't remember now. Live like you're going to die, you know, tomorrow, but dream like you're going to live forever, whatever. Um, I've actually got it written down somewhere here in my office. But uh, I, I love that. I try to live each day uh, like it is my last. That's awesome.
0: Uh, the best business or career advice you've ever received? Hmm.
1: That was to um, not be afraid to test my own ideas and not only ever implement things that other people suggested to me.
0: Okay. Uh, the longest a client project has taken?
1: God, um, four years.
0: Wow, that is the new talk. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Um, if you had to switch to another content management system other than WordPress, what would it be? I wouldn't. I, I I don't know. Whatever you tell, whatever you tell me next,
1: <laughs> that's, what I, that's my answer.
0: Um, who should I interview next?
1: Oh gosh. Um, who all have you interviewed? You said Cece Chapman, C. C. so C. that's C. a good C. interview. C. Who else have you done? Let's make fun of some people.
0: In the marketing space, I haven't. Re- I've done John Nemo, who follows us, who might have been a yeah. client of yours, I believe. Um, in the marketing space, I haven't. Push too deep yet, but I'm hoping to go into like Brogan if he would. Um,
1: well, listen. If Brogan says no,
0: let's just all attack him. Okay. Here.
1: It's <laughs> not like look, that dude does nothing but create content. He can get on here and do a freaking interview. <laughs> he's content.
0: only he's and, only forty five minutes away from me, so I can guess I can go knock on his door.
1: Oh, absolutely, gosh, absolutely. We, we can. I'll send Brogan a text right now. by <laughs> God, we'll, we'll we'll get him on here. Uh, Brogan's a good one because certainly the guy when it comes to blogging. You know, pretty much knows, knows it all. Um, I tell you, some people I love uh, to interview next that are not the usual, uh, you know, suspects, right? You know, so some different types of uh, you know personalities out there. Um, there's a guy named Joel Whitmer that nobody probably has heard of. Um, behind the scenes genius at marketing and systems and. Um, also knows a thing or two about WordPress and really, you know, helps some clients with that on the marketing side. So he's really, really smart. But then also, um, Mitch Joel, uh, author of Six Pixels of Separation is one of the most brilliant people I think ever, uh, in the existence. Yeah. So I kind of hate him for that, but he's a good one to talk to.
0: Great. Uh, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Jeez, you ask good questions. Um...
1: Man, I wish I had a really cool answer for this. Uh, you know what? You did not ask me how you and I met, which is a very unique story, just <laughs> to, to say the least. Uh, and I don't know if you want us to go into that even. I don't even know if we have time. Uh, but, we,
0: we, we, have, we have time to skim the top of that one. <laughs> okay,
1: so I do an interview with Chris Brogan uh, talking about why websites suck. You very politely uh, attack me uh for my comments in that then we start talking amazingly enough and kind of realized that we actually weren't really in a big disagreement but also that's because matt you're different than most of the site designers and stuff out there so you understood the marketing side so i actually made the mistake of kind of blanketing everyone in that profession under this when obviously There is a small group of uh, you know people that do get it, so it's kind of funny because you and I met simply because you attacked me. That's 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 the short version of it.
0: That is the short version. That is how you know. Full disclosure: John Morgan is a client and a friend and uh, somebody that I've assaulted in the past. So it all wraps up into into one great experience. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, but early on, that was you know, for, for the people looking out there to grow their business. Social networking, getting on comments, and yeah, maybe stirring was, things up a little bit was a little bit of a strategy in my in my point. Um, well, and it was great because
1: first of all, I can't remember any of the other comments uh, you know, about that interview, right? I mean, of who course. even cares about it, right? And you also did it in a very respectful way. It wasn't like you just you know started slamming me you made a comment, I, you know, responded back, you're like, okay, well, I get that part, but then I still have this issue, and then I said, oh, well, you know, I get that, and then we, we had that conversation with a lot of people think, well, you know, being controversial for the sake of being controversial is kind of a bad thing, but you did what all great brands do, you know where you stood, you drew a line in the sand and said, wait a minute, this is the stance I take, just like I was doing, right, and, and so that that's what I loved about it, and yet, You know, look at us now. Like you said, you know, I'm a client. You know, we're doing this interview. We talk on Twitter and things, you know, all the time. Uh, You know, there's a great friendship there and a lot of mutual respect for each other. What is cool about that, though, is, again, you didn't just listen to that and write me off, right? You didn't just say, okay, whatever. You, you know, you voiced your opinion, and that led to this conversation. I think that's a great lesson because how many people out there do disagree with some content, right? And then don't say anything to anybody so i'm not saying like you become you know again you know this hater and you're attacking people but you know if someone does say something and they're saying it as strongly as sometimes i say some things and you don't agree with it take that stand and say you know what no i think that's a problem in the industry not just yours not just mine the internet right with all of this content is too often people assume that what they're reading is right just because it's there you know what I mean? I mean, I've been to events before that where I have literally listened to a speaker spend 60 minutes talking about how to make money and then come to, the, like, the green room and complain about how broke he is. And I'm thinking, these poor people are sitting there taking notes on your advice, you know, and here you are, you know, struggling. And, you know, so that's the thing. is like we can't just take that. I've completely lost my point, by the way. You got <laughs> me all flustered and I'm on a rant now. But, uh I think it was a unique story of how you and I met, but I also think that it's something that could be duplicated. Because, like you said, social is supposed to be about the conversation. That's what you did. You started a conversation. A lot of people, they read stuff, they digest it, they get an opinion about it, but then they move on. And so no conversation happens. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and, and on the flip side of that, you could have just ignored me and not responded, and then the conversation would have never started. You know, you could have, you know, I'm a five hundred five-star author on Amazon, and you know I don't have to respond to this guy. Uh, you know I'm doing fine just the way I am. Thank you. Um, but anyway, we hope I hope that everybody who watched the show today took a lot of awesome points away from this. I think this was a great conversation. Um, I think if people want to find more of these awesome conversations about running WordPress and their business in general, MattReport.com. If you want to stay in the loop, MattReport.com/slash-subscribe. We want to thank John for doing the show.
1: Thank John, you for having
0: me. plug away. What is it you're up to? Where can people find you? And all that good stuff.
1: Goodness. Well, my blog, uh, which you got to go check out the awesome theme that you guys have created, which is johnmichaelmorgan.com. Uh, again, you know, I can't even explain the results that we have gotten since the new theme. It's been awesome. Uh, obviously, there you can also find the different ways to connect with me. But, um, you know, look, I'm a real person. If you know, someone's got a question from this, they've listened to this, and they think, Okay, he didn't, you know, cover this enough, or we could have went deeper on that. Email me. I will actually respond. Like I, you know, I may not respond right away, but I will respond. And uh, so yeah, so there. And of course, I'm on Twitter at um, twitter.com/slash John Morgan.
0: Absolutely. All right, John. Thanks a lot. Thanks everyone else.
1: Thanks a lot.